Hope you don't die. And welcome to Grumpy Old Ben's episode number 232 for August 23rd, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it's uh, 95 degrees outside, but about 65 in here. And from America's left coast, where the weather is your fault, but you can fix it by voting for communists. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's crazy. It, it just works. Yeah. It's the... The more you give yourself over and convert to a life of having nothing and being hungry forever, the better the weather is going to get. That's what they tell us. And it doesn't work. I don't, it's not, it's not global warming so far. That's why, as it was pointed out on no agenda the other day, the tropical storm, Hillary, the big storm hitting California a couple of days ago, the news was like, this hasn't happened in 85 years. It's like, well, what happened 85 years ago? How was that global warming? If it's happening now <laughs> and you're going to blame global warming, well, then it's, it had to be something 85 years. It's like storms always happen, dickweed. It, it's, it's an interesting coincidence of cognitive dissonance that we know that people's attention spans have been shortened to the concept that 85 years ago might as well have been before the earth formed. Uh-huh. And it, so- you can say, which, which means saying, oh, this hasn't happened in 85 years really means it's never happened. Yes. It's, in, it's in the unprecedented. Minds of, in the minds of people who really just pretty much flush their memory banks of anything that happened more than a year ago or last we're week. We're going through our hot time in Chicago. You've had it already. Oh, yeah. It me. actually rained last night. I was so pleased. Woo. I got to put the robe on. <laughs> well, the wife thanks you. This is, you know, our 100 degree plus day today and tomorrow and massive heat index. And it's really hot outside. So I'm glad the the air conditioning is working. The new unit holding up. Yeah, now I'm, would be a good time to have that. Yeah, I'm guessing that just on what I can gather, it's probably costed about 10 bucks a day to run the air conditioner. Wow. But, you know, the the alternative to that is die of heat. So... I, have you considered that? Yeah. I mean, it's it a cost saving measure. It would save a lot of money. I, I'm sure that the Democrats would be uh, encouraging that if they thought they could get away with it. Well, you know, they kind of are already. And that's why all of this UBI I, and all, well, you know, the poor people can't afford air conditioning. So this is affecting them more. If, if you were in California, they would actually be shutting down parts of the grid saying too many people are using air conditioning and so we'd actually prefer if you'd all die rather than strain our ailing grid. Well, Guru Finley says it's only 77 where he is in Ohio. So obviously you're getting a nice lake breeze out there. Something nice, like that. Nice lake breeze. Is that, is that what happens? I think so. I mean, but we have I think that's- the, uh, the split level type of home as well. So there's the basement. And then up a half a level is the family room. Then up another half a level is the kitchen. And then up another half a level would be the bedrooms. 
And down on the, I don't even know in the basement because there's no vents or anything open down there because it always stays cool. So you don't need to air condition a basement. Right. So most of the air conditioning winds up on the level where my office is here. So this level on hot days ends up being like 65. The main level where the kitchen is, is like 70 because that's what the thermostat set on. And then up in the bedrooms, it might be like 75 or so in, in those rooms. So staying downstairs it, helps. It, it is 58 degrees outside right now here. Wow. And, and 66 inside, which is how can you warm. handle that? Well, it's the lake effect. It's just the lake is, is the biggest body of water on earth. I do. Ocean. Yeah. It's, it's just blowing you a little breeze. I prefer winter. Because in the winter, I also don't care if it's 65 degrees or less in the house. So it's much easier. You can bulk up easier than you can cool down. It's it's more socially acceptable to put on more clothes when you're cold than to take off all your clothes when you're warm. Right. Nobody wants to see you heading down to the Piggly Wiggly in a Speedo. Yes. And I, I can neither confirm nor deny whether or not that actually happened. Yeah, I'm sure it did to somebody at some point. Let's see, seven minutes ago on No Agenda Social, Sir Truck Driver says, is there going to be a GOB today? No, no, there is not. Not if I can help it. And now he says it's 74 in eastern Idaho. So it's just right here in Chicago. So it's nice in Seattle. It's nice in Idaho. It's nice in Ohio, but it sucks in Chicago right now. I just want you to never, ever say it's nice in Seattle again, because (laughs) I I threw up a little bit in your mouth right now. I'm sorry, the weather is... Oh, the weather acceptable okay. in uh, Seattle. Yeah, it's not actually nice in Seattle, but that's, well, the uh, weather and the geography are pretty much the only things I still like about this area. Yeah, not the people. No, not I, the politics. The people kind of all suck at this point. Are they getting more and more and more leftist as we speak? Or uh, well, we're importing just- more and more people who are fleeing California. So yes, yeah, we have to get out of California. So let's go wreck this place. We're going to move yeah. to yay. Yeah. Let's let's escape all of the awful, awful consequences of our voting in California and then go somewhere else and vote in the same type of people. You know, the that's a very winning strategy. There's a very easy answer to the immigration issue in the United States. Does it involve sending them all to California and then and then doing that? The big earthquake that creates a natural waterway in the way and putting up a wall that's armed at. Well, I don't mind any of the people all except for the criminals that are coming in. But overall, I don't mind the people coming in. It's just that there's too many of them and it's overloading the system. So the way we could balance this out is if we can send everybody that's currently living in California to other countries, then everything would work. The balance would be bad. <laughs> We'd have more than enough resources. We'd have a lot of room opening up in California. There's a lot of people who would love the weather and the topography of California that just hate the leftists. They'll all be gone. So people can start moving back to California. It would be beautiful. Just get rid of the leftists. I mean, California is basically a foreign country at this point. Uh, We've gone past to the point like we're done with the era of people flooding into California from Mexico. Now, the real social problem is people flooding into the United States from California. Right. Get them out. Don't ruin our place. Just because you ruined your place. They're like, we can't figure out how things got so bad. Well, it's the assholes you voted in. Yes. There's a very simple answer. Vote new assholes in. 
So I thought I'd do something crazy because uh, on uh, when you guys were doing live unrelenting, you were bragging about the fact that uh, neither one of you ever bothers to prepare for the show. I mean, why and would you? I thought that sure seems easier. Yes. So I thought maybe I'd try to do a show where I didn't do any preparation at all and see if we could just bullshit for two hours about nothing interesting and see if we could get some of those sweet CSB dollars and all the other donations you get on unrelenting. Well, you just have to go AI. AI CSB.LOL AI AI CSB.LOL. And then if that could just be a loop, I mean, a lot of people don't know that's in a subsonic range throughout this I whole mean, it, episode. It sounds like you just did an episode of unrelenting just a moment ago. Right. Well, that could be, that could be, but there's in the, really it's a subliminal thing. We've been trying it out. If you take the audio of this and you boost it and you run it through the right filter, you just hear, Go to csb.lol. Go to csb.lol. Go to csb.lol. Okay, stop doing the other show. This is supposed <laughs> to be Grumpy Old Ben's, right? Oh, right. Wait, is this Wednesday? Oh, geez. It, it's tough to tell. And I know I sound exactly like Sir Gene. Well, with the right filter, you could. <laughs> there, there aren't enough filters in the world. And the plan is to be doing a planet rage tomorrow. This has been an all kitty wumpus. How does this new- even work? I don't know. The, the new carpet. Larry's traveling is really putting a crimp in your weekly plans. Well, he was traveling, which I'm not sure if he would have been available or not, because I was the one that said, well, the carpet guys were coming Monday and they were here from like 8 a.m. to like two in the afternoon, which was pretty good time for doing the amount of footage that they had to do. But it would have been quite loud during our normal time, but we could have probably started about 90 minutes late, but I didn't know they were going to be that quick at the time so we're planning on a thursday show especially with no live no agenda tomorrow yes there is that although you know as usual they will be putting on a pre-recorded show which will play at the normal live time right so i'll be doing a live pre-show and then most likely just recording a show with larry and And you were missing a tremendous opportunity to pre-record a live pre-show that would have been a great idea wouldn't it i mean honestly you don't have to do that much it'll take 15 minutes worth of your voice cut in between all the songs. Right. I, that's what I noticed the last time because you can go through, you don't have to sit here and do a two hour thing. You take the song. You don't have to listen to the song. <laughs> right. You just cut right to the end. And then as it's ending, you get to do your, Hey, how you doing everybody? Well, this will be, here's the next thing. And then it just goes right in. Then just layer that song in. That's what multi-tracking lets you do. It's beautiful. Okay. So here's a stupid question. Uh, given that it's pre-recorded, do you know if it's going to be at the normal time or at the new earlier time? The, uh, I'm guessing the normal time, not the new earlier time. Cause I'm guessing they're going back to that because after this, then Adam will be back. Is it, or is there another show from, uh, Europe? Nobody, nobody, I, I, I don't not think convinced they care. Even Adam knows, right. I don't think they care what time that shows on. Yeah, maybe not, but some of us might care like the people who are apparently being silly to do a live show in preparation for a pre-recorded one. Right. But that's where people, they show up live. So there's, I get the live troll action because then I have to be, you know, answer all the questions because every people have been like for like five shows now, like is there a live, no agenda today. Like just stay tuned. You'll you're like, no, it's, it's Tuesday. Right. Sorry. Wrong day. Happens all the time. Always show up. Listen, you'll find something fun on the no agenda yes. stream. Show up at the no agenda time on Tuesdays. You will find something fun. Then go to planet show. You'll get all the rage. And I may try one of the alternate because we know we can hook up through an alternate point. It would be a great test 
of the podcasting 2.0 stuff because I can totally change the live stream URL and that should still get directly to people that have subscribed in the podcasting 2.0 apps. So it could be interesting to see if anybody shows up as we won't be on the mainstream. If that's during the time that Larry's available, that the no agenda show is playing. So I said that I wanted to do a show without any preparation, but then you prepared anyway. Yeah. What I, what I want and what I get aren't always the same thing. This is because Uh, this is a high quality show. And we have one $10 donation today and you work your ass off to get your okay. part of that. If we've only got one donation, then you only get one big story. But it'll Sorry. take two hours. It might. Uh, this is about California SB 233. Oh boy. It, this is never good when it's California and then yeah, letters and yeah. numbers. Well, I, I've been, I've been hinting at this for the last 10 minutes. Uh, um, so we already know that uh, California beginning in 2035 is going to completely outlaw the sale of internal combustion engine cars, right? They want all electric all the time. And, and we are vaguely aware that the California's electric grid is about as fragile as a shellac 78 record. Yeah. They are not keeping up with the demand now. So increasing the demand, probably not a great idea. Well, they have a solution. Oh, kill off everybody. Does it involve Requires. killing everybody? Well, that that is, in fact, the ultimate solution, but that's not the one put forward in this bill. In this bill, beginning in model year 2030, all new electric light-duty motor vehicles and school buses sold in California shall be bidirectional capable. What does that mean? Bidirectional charging is uh, the, the, the only vehicle that really has made a lot of news getting this is the Ford F-150 Lightning. And what it means is the ability to not only take power into the EV batteries from the grid, but also to send power back to uh, currently, you know, currently it's set up. If if you have a special charging station in your house, you can connect your Ford to your house. And if for whatever reason, the California power grid collapses, which it does every day at 4 p.m., um, you can run your house from your F-150 if you have the right kind of charging connector. Right. Yeah, we've covered that so somewhere. Maybe it was on yeah. unrelenting. And that's the ultimate generator because it's just parked in your driveway all the time anyway. Well, this particular SB is going to mandate that capability on all vehicles by a 2030 model year and is going to uh, pretty much require that uh, everybody's personal electric vehicles be battery backup for the power grid. Yeah. But see here, if you don't have a gasoline engine in those vehicles, then the battery is going to die real quick. Well, there's, there's a number of problems, but let me, let me go back to the beginning. What is the biggest problem with green energy? It's not really green. 95% of the time. That's yeah. That's a huge one, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. That's not not sustainable. Right. Right. It it doesn't scale. Yeah. These are okay. You're right. I, I, I asked the wrong question. What is <laughs> right. the only big problem with green energy that the policy people are even willing to consider as a problem? Um, I don't know. They're, not, they're get, not getting enough kickbacks. It doesn't provide power at the right time of day. Oh, yeah. Like if you have solar and you're like, but I want to drive at night. They're like, well, wait. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, hey, I'd sure like to turn my lights on at a time when the sun isn't shining. They're like, no, we, you only get power when the sun is shining. And it, so obviously 
Um, the solution, the, the classic response, you know, from 20, 30, 100 years ago, pretty much all of human history before wokeness turned everybody fucking retarded uh, was, oh, look, we are, you know, our power grid is collapsing and not ha- having enough capacity at peak times. Let's go ahead and increase some power generation. Would that make sense? Is that the kind of thing you would do if you were running a power grid? Yes. Yeah, it was like, if I can get you in this car today, what's it going to take? Like, huh? like we don't have enough power in the grid. So let's maybe add more power to the grid. But- well, and the real downside is when you have a power grid and you have a much higher demand than capability, then nobody gets power. Yeah. Because things crash. <laughs> Or, or everybody gets 58 volts instead of 120 and all of your electronics die. Oh, the great brownouts. Remember those? Oh, yeah, it, it happens. Uh, so the only of, of all of the completely unworkable problems, the reason why green energy is uh, a recipe for the collapse of civilization and all of us going back to reading by candlelight at night, it, the only part of that problem that they're even willing to consider is that, oh, wind only works when the wind is blowing and solar only works during the day. And we want to even that out. So obviously adding more power generation, which is the correct solution, uh, does take time. It takes time to build plants, et cetera. So the thing that they all pushed on us for short term emergency, we have to do this right now. This was a big thing during the the Enron brownouts. You know, every time there's a, a power crisis caused by bureaucracy and they actually say it's caused by you because you're using too much power, even though you've never changed how much power you use. And it's the idiot bureaucrats who are mismanaging the system. And that seems to be the case every single time. But every time that happens, they're like, Oh, well, we need you to shift your power usage. We need you to smooth out the curve. We need it. So, you know, instead of cooking at dinner time, why don't you cook in the middle of the day while you're at work or, you know, make sure to prepare all of your meals at 3 a.m. when we have more power in the grid. Right. Do your laundry at that time too. get up at three, do your laundry. It'll be much better for everybody. Uh, And so we've the problem, of course, with that is we've known about the power shifting problem for decades. There has been enough time for California to build more power plants. Let's face it. At this point, if they wanted to solve the problems, I did the, what was it? What was it? The nineties, California had the rolling brownouts all the time. They had like an entire summer where they just shut off a third of the city. Like, Oh, sorry. We don't care what you think of the weather. We don't care if you want to do anything. We're just turning you off for a while. They did that. And it was the whole summer. It was like a period of three months or so. And they're like, oh, our grid is collapsing. It wasn't collapsing, of course. It was just being mismanaged. But we've had enough time. It's been decades since we figured out, hey, our power grid needs more energy. And the only solution ever pushed is this emergency shifting power usage. But we've gone past that. Now we have green people going out and saying, we need to a permanent solution to cause all, you know, have the power available at the right time of day. So do we create more power generation? No, we wire big ass batteries to the grid. The Tesla has an entire division of the company dedicated to building nothing but giant lithium battery banks and bring in all of the crap about why lithium batteries uh, in large scale are basically going to kill the earth, whatever. Tesla has an entire vision dedicated to bilking the government because there are a lot of people in the government who 
are absolutely averse to building another power plant. Instead, all they want to do is build a giant battery so that they can shift the power from when the windmills are barely eking by to keep the grid going to when the windmills are completely failing. Uh, this, of course, building the batteries costs way more than the cost of new power plants. And the batteries are unreliable because they're new technology. New technology is always unreliable. Uh, they catch fire. There have been some great stories about that. None of that matters. It's political. We can't build new power plants. We can't build because that hurts the environment. Uh, strip mining half of China for the lithium. That's okay. That's fine on the environment. Let's go ahead and, you know, convert Oakland into a battery park. Yeah, let's beat the earth into submission. The concept of the batteries, I mean, yes, in a perfect world where the battery technology is maybe a decade or more in the future and the ability to create power from wind and solar and these things were able to generate enough to charge it so every house could have a battery pack that would let it run. You know, let's just say, you know, it it gets a little... uh, dark out you know maybe storms for a few days that you don't run out of your electricity things would be great but we're still so far away from that and enter california sb 233 where now everyone or at least everyone who wants to own the ability to leave their 15 minute city once in a while is going to have a battery connected to the grid in their house that's kind of what they're doing the State of California does not care about building new capacity. And like I said, the, you know, ultimately the problem with the, the time shifting is you have a sinusoidal power generation and a sinusoidal usage curve that go up and down during the day and they don't line up. So you create storage methods to kind of shift those waves. But the other really obvious way to do this is just freaking raise your generation to the point where it has enough capacity. Uh, we don't want to do that. That's, it's so political, it makes me want to throw up. But, you know, that might just be the hangover. It anyway, uh, so that's beginning the in 2030, if you buy an electric car, you will uh, be required to have that electric car capable of bidirectional charging. And what that means is that when it's plugged in, the state can come in. And a lot of details to be worked out here. So some of this is speculation, but... Uh, The only thing they are mandating is your car must be able to send power to the grid. Now, in order to make this functional and workable, what that really means is they're not going to ask you permission to drain the the charge on your battery. What they're going to do is use your car, as long as it's plugged in, as a battery backup for the grid so that the city of Cal or the state of California doesn't have to bother building any more capacity. They don't even have to bother building storage. Now they're just stealing your storage. That's all they're doing. They're changing up the way the grid works to say, yeah, uh, the grid is now going to be beefed up by something that we don't even have to pay for because you're going to pay for it because you want to be able to have a car. Okay. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk then, I guess, about the fact that uh, batteries have a lifespan. Nobody wants to go there. Um, so one of the places where I first saw this was an article on ABC News. One of the, the I, I don't think, I think it was a local station, whatever. Um, I found a quote in there that I, I wanted to pull out. And then I looked at it and I'm like, where the hell? The quote is, 
It's a gigantic, unharnessed, untapped power source that can be used. Most vehicles are sitting parked, unused 95% of the time, which immediately made me jump to, okay, but they're unused at the whim of the person who owns the car, not at the whim of the state who's like, oh, you're not using this now. I'm just going to take all of the charge for it. So when you do want to use it that 5% of the time, your battery is going to be dead. Right. Well, that would be my question. Then it's not ready to go. It's not ready to go, which is kind of the whole point to keeping your car charged. Otherwise I'd leave the damn thing discharged and no care. Well, Um, you'd leave it in the parking lot somewhere else. But the thing that really made me to double take on that quote though, was the, the quote, and this is the only mention of him in the entire ABC article was this was Kurt Johnson of the climate center. Like who the hell are you? Hey, it's Kurt Johnson, dude. Yeah, and apparently he thinks that everybody's personal cars are an unharnessed, untapped power source that can be used by the government because God knows they're not stealing enough from us already in high taxes, inflation, and everything else. No, they're also going to steal the power out of your car. They don't call the big Johnson for nothing, man. Here's the problem with the quote. It's not a power source. Nothing about SB 233, nothing about bidirectional charging, nothing about this will create one single kilowatt of energy. All it does is shift the time for charging cars. It does not create new power. What it does is it will move the demand on energy from when they are discharging you to, oh, look, I have to recharge it now at some other time. So are we going to see a new peak point on the grid at 6 a.m. when people need to go to work and realize their electric vehicle battery is dead? Yes. We might. Well, then you can't go to work because, well, your electric battery is dead. Well, fortunately, everybody's working remotely from their 15-minute city, so it won't matter. True. Nobody should worry about anything. So here's the next problem. And you you already, as as usual, you you spoiled this because uh, you are a very smart person who figures these things out. We this think will ruin logically. your battery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we like to think logically and go, well, what would the problem be? Yeah. This will ruin your battery. All rechargeable batteries, especially the lithium ones, which are in vogue these days have ultimately at manufacture, they have a set and limited number of charge and discharge cycles that the batteries will wear out. The more you charge and discharge it, the faster they wear out. This happens with cell phones. It happens with electric vehicles. We know that if you go and spend $60,000 on electric vehicle today, seven years later, you're going to be spending $60,000 more on another electric vehicle because your battery is going to wear out. And at this point, replacing the batteries is not economical. It is generally cheaper and easier to simply replace the car. So Once your electric vehicle's battery has hit its limit of charge and discharge cycles, you're landfilling the car and going and spending $60,000 on another one. Well, this plan to use everybody's electric cars for daily cycles of charge and discharge is adding hundreds of extra cycles. And your seven years of time that you get on your EV before its range becomes unacceptable is now four years or three or how I don't know. It depends on how vigorously they decide to use your car. It, uh, it with, is not a good solution is the bottom line, but it is of course what the politicians in California would come up with rather than, yeah, we need to beef up the grid. We need to get some nuclear plants. Yeah. We need to get other power generation. No, no, no. Let's just use the power we have in our cars, and, man. 
And by the way, every single one of these grid problems, well, well, except for the part where it's literally falling down, like a little bit of wind comes in. You know, Hillary decides to come into California and half the poles fall down, but that's an infrastructure problem that maybe they should have been dealing with with regular maintenance back, you know, for the last 20 years. But aside from that, pretty much every capacity problem with the grid would be solved if instead of spending the last 20 years trying to change people's behavior, trying to force them to use less power, to stay, stay poor, stay subsistence, you know, stay way too warm when it's a hundred degrees outside, you know, just die in the heat, whatever. Instead of spending the last 20 years trying to change everybody's behavior, which is very hard, they could have just spent an equal amount of money building some new power plants. And as, as you just pointed out, it doesn't have to be coal plants. In fact, California has very few. California has quite a few natural gas plants. They don't like to talk about that, but it's really the only way the grid stays up when the sun suddenly stops shining and it stops, the wind stops blowing. But I mean, the other thing that California has a ton of, and I, I know this because it causes my power costs to go up, is uh, the trunk lines for the West Coast power grid tend to send a great deal of hydroelectric power from the very plentiful hydroelectric power in the Pacific Northwest, where it rains all the damn time and we have steep hills, which is great for hydro. And we send a ton of California or power to California from those. California, all they need is more power generation, but it's not political. That's what steams me. It, 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 it is entirely a... Uh, we want more communism. And if people have enough power and don't have to worry about it, then they might not think about how much we have to save the planet. And so all we have to do right. is keep them scared, keep them panicked, keep them freaked out about not having any power. And they refuse to admit that their plans will not work, but it's only going to make things worse. I, I actually think it's a, a design goal that the plans won't work because when the plans don't work in the future, they can blame it on you and say, you just didn't conserve enough. Right. Well, that, that's when they forced you to keep your thermostat at 82 degrees in the summer and 60 degrees in the winter and tell you why you're horrible people. If you try to vary from that. Oh, if you want to do more than one load of laundry a month. No, it's not good. It's not good. So the, the bill does actually mention the idea of compensating electric vehicle owners for using their vehicles as part of the power grid. Well, as they uh, should, because their batteries are going to die. Yeah, you, well, you'd think and that it, it, if it's not going to be just straight outright theft, then yeah, you'd think that that'd be important. The compensation is left entirely up to the utility to decide what they think would be the appropriate amount. What do you so, think's fair? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Do, do you think? that the California public utilities services are going to be paying fair market rates for uh, not only using the power they already sold to you to sell to somebody else through the grid, uh, but also to wearing out your battery. Do we, do we think that's going to be even remotely fair? No, but Servo <laughs> has the answer by cheap coal power at night pump water uphill, then sell expensive hydropower in the day. Or you could do what we do here in the Pacific Northwest. And that is we use solar power to pump the water uphill and then use that to generate hydropower. 
And the solar power we use is incredibly cheap because the sun shines on the ocean. It creates clouds and the clouds create water uphill. It's an amazing system. Wow. If we could just put that in a bottle, we'd be in good shape. If only we could harness it, we'd call it the weather. Maybe if everybody can move to Seattle. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> That's yeah, They can only do so much for the planet and I oh will not. God. Oh, I know. Just get me out of here. I'll just move to the Pacific Ocean. It's I hear the weather's nice. Don't you know? That's why they want to keep going up. They want you in these cities. They want you in a high rise. So that way you're not using all the resources. So. I don't think that utility companies uh, who get the sole discretion of deciding what the compensation is that I don't think they're going to be buying you a new car every four years because they've worn out your battery. I, I just, I'm not seeing it. If, if they had the kind of money to be able to do that, they could build a lot of nuclear plants. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And then everybody would actually be able to run their power and not have to worry about it. Yeah, that's how the weird mo- would it be? And, and yeah. I think that's ultimately the problem. Uh, this is, this is the opposite of being self-sufficient. This is, this is forcing people to become codependent on the grid uh, yes. to, to, to keep you in place. Uh, you know, uh, for one thing, uh, one scenario that went through my head is uh, suppose the government intended to do something to make you want to leave. How nefarious would it be if they just turned the grid to drain everybody's car right before they did that? Right. Well, what are you going to do when there's a hurricane Hillary coming and you're like, oh, my car battery is going to die. Uh-huh. And then because, because the it's Hillary, took my all, power. the government took my power. And because it's Hillary, all deaths will be real, ruled as suicides. Right. This is yeah. absolutely true. Do so, not mess with Hurricane Hillary. A internal combustion vehicles. And this this was actually part of the culture of the 60s and 70s. Uh, having a car is freedom. And that hasn't changed. What's changed is that we have encouraged people in the new generations that you don't want freedom. And therefore, being tied to the power grid is okay and is fine. Internal combustion vehicles, the, pro- the biggest problem with them is not the carbon they produce. Because they, if, if you were being honest, uh, they, they really are not the thing that's causing the problems. Uh, honestly, the thing that's causing the problems is political politics and activism. But it, what they are is free of government control. Gasoline production is pretty well decentralized. So is gasoline purchasing. And more importantly, if you realize that you need to spend uh, a few months outside of government control, you can put a lot of gasoline into a big tank. EV energy, though, everywhere in the world that has electric energy, the thing that you need in order for an EV to be functional at all has to come directly out of the grid. And there's no good way to store it unless you go to Tesla and spend millions of dollars on your own giant bank of lithium ion fire starters. Otherwise, the only way is to get it on demand, which means that if you force somebody into an electric car, and and I know I'm letting my inner conspiracy theorist out, but anybody who's been paying attention to what the government's been doing the last few years really ought to be with me is when the government decides to lock you down, all they have to do when everybody is required to have an EV is shut off your power. And then you can get what? 150 miles? No, 50 miles because they've ruined the range on your EV. You, well, you got then 50 the question miles. becomes for everybody that has a backup generator, are you going to continue to be able to get those are going to be illegal? The fuel for that, right? Well, that's the question. Will they outright make them illegal? Will they make the 
whether it's gasoline or whatever, I don't know. I think there's, you can run on other types of fuel besides just gasoline. I always with, liked the, the idea of, of hauling a wood stove on a trailer behind your vehicle for the gasification. It's one way to power it. Steam engines, baby, the locomotives. That's, I mean, if you have steam can move them heavy sons of bitches, you can do a lot by converting uh, water into, uh, into a little bit of steam. So, yeah, um, I, I, I honestly think that electric vehicles are like forcing everyone into electric vehicles is not about the environment. It's not about green energy. It's not about saving energy. Obviously, you're not saving anything. You're not this entire proposal and something that nobody who's pushing this bill really gets or cares about. It does not create one watt of extra power. All you're doing is forcing the insufficient power generation to happen at a different time of day. And in the process, you are ruining people's personal property by forcing them into extra charge and discharge cycles. Okay, fine. I think it's about control. And a lot of things these days are, they want you to be in an electric vehicle only because a combustion engine vehicle is still and continues to be the only viable way to go cross country to go real long distances, to get away from the control of the people who are currently trying to oppress you. I am so sick of how transparently political this crap is. It is. It's quote. totally political. I have a quote on this story from Ed Morrissey, who wrote a, a great article in Hot Air. It just didn't have all the information I needed. Um, the quote was... Uh, what this does is creates a kind of three card Monty with the grid shifting right. power to the vehicles. Huh? Right. Oh, that's, that's a genius way to put it. Yeah. Uh, shifting power to the vehicles and then pulling it back when the state decides to apply it elsewhere. It's only an illusion of a solution. No additional power gets created. PG and E and the state would simply confiscate that power for their own uses as they see fit. Technically, the grid would operate more efficiently if it never charged the EVs at all, considering the inevitable power losses that take place in this regional bi-direction charging. So, it, I, I, yeah, I mean, think that, about that. You're you're charging these vehicles off the grid, and let's all understand this is not a magical procedure. Much like your broadband connection, there's a thing they call overhead. Yeah. And, and there's waste. Anytime energy moves, some of that energy becomes transformed into entropy. That entropy expresses itself as heat. So what you have is you lose electricity and it gets turned into heat as a process of simply charging and discharging the battery. Yeah. Well, this is again, because people that are making the laws and the rules have no idea about the technology they're dealing with. They're like, oh, wouldn't it be great? Yeah, it would be great. If it wouldn't it be great if we could just ignore the laws of physics and create free power for everyone? Yes, absolutely. Play a little three card money. Where's the queen? Where's the queen? Come on, find it. And that that's the thing that drives me nuts about this whole thing. They are coming up with a solution for the, the wrong problem when the right solution was staring them in the face the whole time. The problem is, and I, yeah, Back in the, I, I want to say the nineties, whenever the kid that there was like the whole summer, California was like, Oh my God, our entire grid is dying. Okay. Maybe just maybe back then it was a surprise to everybody that California does not have enough power generation. It has been decades. You should have created more power generation, but 
now to this point, what is the excuse for continuing the emergencies for saying, oh, we still don't have enough power on the grid. Well, why didn't you make more? Oh, we still need, you know, we still need you to be afraid because you're not thinking clearly. You're not going to think logically if, if you're concerned that it's such an emergency, if you're panicked because you might not be able to go to work in the morning. That's what's going on. They want to keep people panicked. They want to keep them in subsistence. They want to keep them poor, giving people enough energy. You stop thinking about all of the green panic. And then if you stop thinking about the green panic, you might start thinking about other things more clearly and they lose control over you. Well, and when the grids are already at their breaking point, what happens when you bring in millions of new people who want to use electricity? Um, well, obviously you spread out the existing electricity among them. You don't build any new capacity. And then you say, I, I don't know what happened, but there's just not enough power on the grid. So we're going to have to shut you off in the middle of the 90 degree day. Hope you don't die. Yeah. Or, you know, if you do die, uh, sorry. Yes, exactly. You're still going to be taxed. Don't you it's worry. Not, I mean, hope you don't die. That would be disingenuous. Of course, they don't care if you die. They're the government. Well, like we have more people that'll come in and take your place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You died. Wait. No, you were an American. We don't want your type here. Let's just bring in some more people from Honduras. But it's hilarious that that's the answer, which is we're going to mandate electric vehicles that you can plug into the grid because their concept is these vehicles sit in front of your house 80% of the time and we can use Charging. those oh. as a resource. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously we're, we're kind of assuming that, that everybody is going to be getting the, the 10,000 volt, uh, super level four charging or whatever. So that, you can charge and discharge the battery in record time. I well, guess. you and I are a lot alike in the fact that why you got to go get, make things personal. <laughs> and to be fair, I mean, the two cars that we have currently were both my wife's grandparents' vehicles at one point. So the last time we bought a new car was, I'm trying to remember. I mean, it was, it was a long time. It was over a couple of decades ago since we purchased a new vehicle. Well, what happens if you don't have one of these fancy, fancy, dancy electronic vehicles in, in your driveway? Well, the, you know, if I think they're, they're assuming that the vehicles will wear out and you'll be forced to buy a new car and the only cars that will be available in California will be electric and then they'll have you. Or just wait until you can't buy gasoline and these boats that we bought in 2000 are. And that might like, be, that might be the other solution is, you know, if, if you are careful with your maintenance and your car is lasting longer than is comfortable, then eventually they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to shut down gasoline stations. They're going to say, I'm sorry, you can't buy gasoline. And, uh, you know, before that, they might just say, oh, and this, this is something I very much expect out of a place like the California legislature in Sacramento is they'll just say, oh, we're not going to issue uh, vehicle license plates to uh, in combustion engines anymore. Right. They're bad. So, so you can have the car, but you can't license it, which means it won't be legal to drive on the road. They'd be okay with that. Yeah. I'm just waiting for them to make the whole house generators illegal. Because otherwise people are going to be like, hey, if, if you go back to those days. Oh, of course. If it uses oh, fossil fuels. Yeah, no, no. The, they'll be perfectly fine with whole house generators as long as you put a wind turbine or a solar panel. That's on. all you need. And then that's a lot of need. big batteries. 
Yeah, yeah. This I, is all about sure the big that, batteries. And yeah, the make batteries. sure you buy a big bank of Tesla batteries. Yeah, because those are green, right? We're not raping the world to get all of these batteries made. No. Well, we're not raping the world in any part where they're taking photographs of, and that's all that matters to the ah, Greens. Yeah, that's true. Because if if the media is not taking pictures of where they're destroying the environment, then it's not happening and we're all good. Battery power is not the answer. Well, batteries are a method of storage and not a particularly good one. They just happen to be one of the best ones we have when you keep your fuel in the form of electricity, which, by the way, is why way back in the day when we were industrializing this nation. And I say we as in Americans or, or Westerners and or, you know, people in the world, because I wasn't alive at the time. But when people were industrializing, they looked at a bunch of sources for power and they realized that electricity is fantastic for power distribution. It is absolutely one of the best but it's not great for storage. So, and, and definitely not great for power density for a vehicle, anything that has to move its own power source. So what do you do? Well, they came up with this solution that involved an extremely power dense liquid that you could just pull out of the ground. Seemed to work pretty well, built an entire civilization on it. Now, because a few people are saying, Oh, the plants have too much CO2. We are completely tearing down all of our civilization. Makes sense. It's all about diversity. It's all about redistribution of wealth. Yeah. It's all away, about away hysteria. from the public and to the people in the world economic forum. Yes. That's yeah. the redistribution. Welcome to hysteria because we are killing the planet. I don't buy it. I do well, not I, buy I it. I certainly haven't bought it, which is why I'm still driving a 20 year old car. But again, these are the same people who now the latest advancement seems to be we're going to put a bunch of stuff in the air to combat the earth warming. Like, but wait, isn't putting shit in the air, how we got in this problem. So how is putting more shit in the air going to fix the problem that should show you that it's the people science. are charlatans because science, because science, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Trust the experts, the experts that say everything you're putting into the atmosphere is causing the planet to get warmer. So what we're going to do to fix that, is put more stuff in the atmosphere. You know, I've never been terribly worried about the, the concept of man-made climate change until this moment. And the reason is that there are things that they can do, which will, you know, things like trying to put stuff in the atmosphere to block the sun's rays, which will in fact lead to mass starvation, mass, uh, you know, de- destruction of crops like like you could, in fact, if if Bill Gates goes far enough now, fortunately, we don't have the technology today and it's just in the planning station or stage, but they want to. They could, in fact, collapse the biosphere in the name of trying to turn back climate change, because. We have. It, history shows that we are, in fact, in one of the colder periods of the Earth's history and one of the periods of the lowest atmospheric co2 ever and we are just climbing out of an ice age that happened only a couple a little ice age that happened a couple hundred years ago and that is why we're getting warmer why you know everybody's like oh on a hundred year cycle you know on over the last hundred years it's been warmer and warmer and warmer it's like yeah because the ten thousand year cycle we're climbing up out of the bottom 
atmospheric CO2, what are they saying? Like, what's the number right now? 350, 400, whatever parts per million. It has been as high as a thousand before. And you know what happened? Uh, Plants became so lush and common at the time that lizards became 20 meters tall. Probably not that big. But they might have been. We weren't here. I wasn't here. I'm just saying that there's you step back and realize that, okay, if the climate is warming, where's the problem? Uh, If there's more CO2, where's the problem? Uh, You you can talk about you can point to Venus and be like, oh, well, this is what happens when you get too much CO2 in the atmosphere. Like, yeah, that's what happens when you get too much CO2 in the atmosphere and you're half the distance from the star. It is insanity that we don't include the sun when we talk about global warming. It's insanity that they don't really know what the right metric is. I mean, they'll tell you carbon, but that really doesn't even make a whole lot of sense. No, it it doesn't. More carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is actually good for everybody to a point. Obviously, runaway greenhouse gases, that would be a problem. But more plants, better crop yields. I mean, uh, what could go right. wrong? Oh, look, agriculture, right. enough to feed everybody. Right. Everybody can eat on their garden plot because everything's so lush. Oh, it's terrible. We're all going to die. We lived in the time where I don't know if the beginning of all of this climate change stuff was nefarious or if it just morphed into it because you and I were alive at a time where the biggest thing was, Hey, we're going to plant more trees for every tree that we cut down. We're going to plant another one, which seems like a pretty good idea to me. It is. Uh, you know, the funny thing is that that's what nature does too. Well, but, yeah, you, you, but I'm perfectly fine with people doing that. I don't think that's a problem at all. Yeah. Fact, helping uh, it out. You know, if you're going to go into an area and you're going to deforest a large area, well then it makes sense. You might want to plant some more trees where you just took the old ones out. Yeah, it, it, it just I mean, nature will do that eventually if you just leave the place alone, but it it goes faster if you help it along. Great. I, I think that's fun. In fact, right. I remember, you know, when I was in grade school uh, and I wasn't necessarily one of the people going out and planting the trees because I was seven. Uh, well, we and had, because and because you're you and because I'm, <laughs> no, we had. Uh, do you remember what was it? Uh, March of Dimes. It was like some kind of incentive for. Uh, you know, it, every book that you read, we will plant 10 trees or something like that. And you. Right. I, yeah, there I, was. I wonder if it was March of Dimes. I do remember that, though. But but I had to keep a log one summer of every book that I read because they needed to see the log so that they would go out. And of course, I, you know, being 10 or whatever, I bought into the idea. Well, obviously, me reading these books is directly what causes trees to pop up. Right. And by the time no. you were, by the time you were 15, you were like, playboy, check, hustler, check, weed, check. Yeah, and I, I kept a detailed log. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I, I am helping the planet. Yeah. I am creating trees. Well, I, I just, I did this whole climate change. We've, we've gone over it before we've gone, you know, everybody was like, oh, but but, you know, three people died because it was so hot in Chicago this summer. Yeah. Well, how many people are going to die this winter when it's not hot, when when it's the opposite? You're you're trying to take away the excess heat and replace it with excess cold. And right. You right. think this is good? Right. And what is that going to do in the winter 
winter cold snaps kill a hundred times more people than summer hot snaps. This, this is information. It's right now in my area here, 95 degrees with 110 heat index. Woo. And Again, also it, it's 65 a, inside. So I'm okay. Here's a crazy, crazy idea. I know this isn't going to make sense to all the people living in Southern California and Arizona and New Mexico, but, um, there's a reason why um, people didn't live in the desert before air conditioning. Because there was no food there? Because the desert is kind of an inhospitable place. There's a reason people flock to temperate climates. Right. And, you know, this was the beauty of having the technology. Think about that. Las Vegas sprung up in, what, the 1940s, 1950s, really, here in the yeah. United States. Which was in the middle of a desert. All of a sudden, there's a it, thriving. It, it was community. it was an inhospitable desert with nothing. They built Hoover Dam. Lake Mead pops up. Suddenly, biggest city in the Southwest. Yeah, Sin City, baby. It's a beautiful thing using the technology. Not oh no, we have, this whole concept as a society, like everything with technology, we always say you know there's no way to put that technology. You can't get the genie back in the bottle. Once the AI is out there, you can't make it go away. You know, you're just going to have to live with the fact that you can never trust anything you see or hear ever again. It's the same thing with the society that we have now that really the push seems to be, oh, well, we don't really want you using electricity. I know that this is a great thing and all, but we would rather you don't use electricity and you wouldn't burn any fuel. And and we know we entice you to move out to the desert where it's 140 degrees in the summer, but uh, you know, we enticed you by saying, Oh, it's fine. You can stay in a room with air conditioning. And now uh, we're just going to shut off your power because you're using it. And right. We don't like that. The whole concept in this again, I know it's repetitive for people that have been listening to this show for a long time. But you and I also lived through the time which was we have to do something, we have to we have to get electric vehicles, we have to get more sustainable power because we're running out of oil. The world is running out of oil. And that was supposed to happen. That's the kind of like the Greta Thunberg and these uh, people that are like the world's going to end in 5 years. Well, back in the 70s and 80s, we heard that we only had like another, you know, 50 years of oil or something. And that's all bullshit, too. I, I, yeah, it, it was definitely overblown. I don't it's know. Like, it, you know, at, here's at the, the rate, at the rate it, we've been pumping oil out of the ground, would we run out? I, I don't know. I probably. mean, the earth has been creating new oil from biomass for a very long time and does it at a rate that I, I think a lot of people miss uh, underestimate. And here's the thing. Forget about all of the global warming alarmism for a moment. I know it's hard. Technology was always moving us in this direction. Anyway, even if it wasn't better for the planet, you were going to move to electric vehicles. Once you got there, the things that were oh, just absolutely. more convenient. There, it's it is superior for a, a number of scenarios. The the commute in city commute, the electric vehicle is absolutely superior. The cars can go nice and fast. You can do what you for certain things. I mean, long haul trucking. Yeah, you probably don't want an electric vehicle. No, you also don't want a self driving one. No, 
But these are the things that were going to happen anyway without the alarmism, not because, oh, we want to save the planet, because the technology just improves what we currently had. Because technology advances and yeah. uh, it, you know, as long as it benefits somebody, somebody is going to invent it and somebody will use it and to make people's lives better. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's how that works. And I would be all for all of this technology if it weren't being mandated by people in places like Sacramento who are absolutely know nothing, are complete morons and are pushing a political agenda and trying to ruin the entire economy and ruin everybody's lives and kill millions of people for the purpose of trying to feed their political ideology. That part really bugs me. Well, the bottom line is if the product was ready for prime time, you wouldn't have to legislate it being used. This is true. And that's what people are not understanding. I would much rather have an electric vehicle. I mean, I don't want the old, I don't want to go back to like the 19, uh, early 1900s. Those Model A's put off a lot of smoke. You know, there was a lot of pollution going out there and I don't want anything polluted. I don't want the air to be polluted. I don't want the water to be polluted, but well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to be breathing all of the woods, the wood uh, wildfire smoke that I, yeah, that's bad for you too, but that's yeah. all natural. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. It, it, well, it's a direct result of climate change by which I mean, arson, right? Well, it's like Hawaii where it's the power lines. It's New York, or it's uh, California all over again. Like, huh? We have a bunch of dry grass directly under power lines that when it gets windy, the power lines get knocked down and then they start a fire. What should we do? I don't know. Let's leave all the dry grass uh, oh, I, right I underneath. I know what we should do. We should block the only road for people to get in and out of town. That's that's not a good idea. <laughs> that is not a good idea. I, and I'm, I'm still the the biggest thing I've still taken out of. And I think it was a Wall Street Journal article. I could be wrong with that. The biggest thing I took out of Maui was the fact that like 60% of the vegetation or something was non, uh, does not um, grow there normally. It was not indigenous to the area. And that is a big issue. Like, well, this is again, the world, uh, the earth just trying to regulate itself. It's like some assholes brought a bunch of grass or plants from outside of Hawaii and it's not good for here. So burn the fucking thing down and grow it again. Well, outside of man, fire has always been an integral part in the life cycle of the plant species that we know of as grass. The grass grows really fast, sticks its seeds way up in the air, dries way out, and then the the plant itself is expecting, oh, a fire is going to burn through here. And it does two things. First of all, it takes all the dried stalks that they're done with anyway. It leaves the roots because it burns so fast, which means the grass will be growing back next year. So we're all good. And the updrafts in the fire throw the seeds up in the air and spread them all over the place. This is the life cycle of grass. So when you go to a really dry area, you plant a bunch of grass and you let it go on its own. It's going to burn. It makes sense. Guru Finley says Rush Limbaugh said it best. If something was going extinct, you eat it. Capitalism will prevail as people will create it for consumption. Porsche is making a gasoline replacement that will work in regular engines. Oh, interesting. They're working gasoline on replacement made of what? Yeah, that's uh, 
So you can keep your old, like you can keep your old doctor. You can keep your old engine and you can just put this new miracle goo in it. And Servo dropped a Wikipedia link that I, I don't think those are words. Yeah, I don't. Ch- yeah, I'm not Ch- even going to. and Ang- I, I, I think Servo is just putting letters near each other and turning it into a URL. And it being Wikipedia, of course, there's an article. Yeah, somebody on Wikipedia had a stroke. <laughs> That's the only thing that explains that URL. But this is it. The world will self-regulate itself. People are the problem. I mean, there's the politicians are right about that. People are the problem, but they don't think they're the problem. I, I'm not even sure that's the case. People have been capable of living within nature for a very long time. I think politicians are a problem. Yeah. You know, putting, putting people together in large enough groups as to form a, a, a state and, you know, not, People are never a problem when they're in small groups or tribes. There have been people for a very long time and earth was totally fine with it. Uh, you know, the problem is you get enough people in Sacramento and Washington, DC and Olympia. And, uh, I just forgot what the capital of Illinois is, but I don't care. Springfield baby. Oh, okay. Peoria. I don't know. Uh, Should be maybe Indianapolis. Could be that's, that's an uh, Indiana though. Oh, <laughs> it's close. It's close. It's almost it is close right next door. Yeah. I'd rather be in Indianapolis than Chicago. That's true. That that's probably true of most people. Because Chicago crime or this year is already up 34% over last year. And last year was up 33% over the year before. Although, would, would you say that's true of every city in Illinois or Indiana? And uh, probably not because I, I wonder because, uh, uh, Sir Carl of WATP, um, had, uh, there was recently a big thing on his podcast, uh, the creep off where, uh, they do consequences for, they, they do a game every week. And, uh, if you lose the game enough times, you have to spin a wheel and do a consequence. And the consequences Uh-oh. are things like jump in an icy river in the winter or, uh, uh, do a podcast with stuttering John Melendez or, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, things you don't want to do, uh, right. for Carl, I think one of the worst ones was go to church. Wow. But, <laughs> but, uh, one of the things, and, and it was a big controversy was, uh, he drew the consequence drive to Gary, Indiana. And yeah. I don't know anything about Gary, Indiana, other than this is the only thing in the entire history of that show that he just straight refused to do. He's like, I, I'm not going to do it. He's <laughs> like, give me anything else. Pull out my fingernails, uh, you know, uh, slam on uh, bash my toes with a hammer. Just don't, I'm not going to Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Gary is most famous, of course, for being the home of Michael Jackson and the Jackson family. It okay. is just outside of Chicago, just outside of Illinois. One of the most depressed cities, both in uh, the financial terms and in, I'm sure if you're living there terms, uh, but I watched a thing on YouTube, maybe a month or two ago of an old white guy who goes into different areas. And this guy just drove through Gary, Indiana, and there's still some okay parts, but a lot of it is just left for dead. He was walking through an old church that was obviously quite ornate at the time, but there wasn't a whole lot of homeless because, you know, this, maybe this was just because we they all just, died from climate change, of course, maybe. And with Gary, Indiana, we were just talking about how cold it gets in the winter. This was 
right as the winter was turning into spring when he was driving through. So, you know, maybe that's an issue, but it is one of the more uh, crime ridden cities in uh, the, the, the homeless country. people are just like grass where part of their natural life cycle is to come in and be completely killed off by weather events. And then they pop back up in spring. But I think driving through Gary, you'd probably be okay. Although really he, insensitive, but he's maybe, but he, I mean, it depends how long you have to drive to get to Gary. That could be a part of that as well. Well, he's, he's coming from Rochester. So yeah, which, that's, that's which is a, a lot shorter than I would be driving. True. <laughs> True. Um, but Gary, yeah, has the reputation of being one of the more infamous crime ridden towns in America. He, he actually proposed trying to combine it with uh, a conference of some kind and flying into O'Hare and then driving <laughs> rental to Gary car. <laughs> in, in a rental car. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a better way to do, like, hi, do you have the, um, the bulletproof Ranger over by any chance? <laughs> yeah. I'd like yeah. to pay extra. What, I'll take the insurance. Uh, what can have I you got that? in that secret service SUV? Right. Right. That's exactly what I need. Um, and yeah, no, I, I'd like the insurance. No, that's not a problem. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you, you cover bullet holes, right? Uh-huh. What about like the, RPG fire? It's one of those things you sign though at O'Hare is you will not take the car into Gary, Indiana. That's part of the, <laughs> part of the deal. <laughs> there are certain places you just can't take the car, sir. Yeah. We, we, we don't, we, sorry, we can't ensure that there's, uh-huh. But I mean, it didn't seem like that horrible of a city, the guy driving through there. But yes, it is. It has that reputation. And the reality is there are towns, uh, you know, suburbs, parts of the city of Chicago that are just as bad. There are parts of New York that are just as bad. It sounds like there's parts of Seattle that are probably just as bad. So yeah, we call that part Seattle. Let's <laughs> call it right. But at least you have coffee shops. Plenty of coffee. Did you get your coffee? I mean, last week you were yes. coffee free. Yes, or- we went to uh, we emergency went to the coffee farmers market. Ooh, uh, on a Sunday they do farmers markets, and we our roaster has a booth there. So I actually I got out of the house and went to a public place and handed over uh, the caches for a bag of coffee. You're like, hey, yeah. Uh, so I'm good for the moment. You got the stuff. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. I felt like I was doing a drug deal, which I guess literally that's what I was doing. Yeah, knowing well, yeah, caffeine is a drug. Yeah, I bet you there were more drug deals going on in that farmers market. I'm certain of it. The people that have a stand and all the stuff is just like really rotting vegetables and stuff. Yeah, there, there certainly were. You know, the this time of year, the vegetables are uh, are it, it's harvest time. And the vegetables are extremely fresh, extremely plentiful. There's a lot going on. Uh, the people who are bringing the vegetables, like at the beginning of the season, not as much. But here's here's what a farmer's market looks like, at least around here. It's like 40% fresh produce. And honestly, if you want fresh produce, this is a great way to get it. Uh, you got to watch out for there are some that are pretty sketchy. You just get the idea of, of which farms which farms care about the quality of their stuff. Um, so it's about 40% that it's probably 20% uh, people doing uh, on-demand food stuffs. Uh, like there was a place that was just doing falafels or, uh, or um, humbau or, you know, random food type things that they think they can get people to show which is fine. Cause it's, it's almost a food court type of thing on the side right. of the market. 
And there's a lot of people who will go in and pay uh, $12 for a sticky bun full of some pulled pork. And wait, 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 wait. Did you just say a sticky bun full of pulled pork? I, I'm not sure. It's a, it's a Korean thing. It's uh humbao, I think is what it's called. And it's basically, I, I'm not certain that's how it's made, but it's a, it's a bun that is sticky, tacky to the touch. And it's full of some kind of barbecue shredded pork, like Korean or, or beef. You're like, is this dessert? Is this lunch? I don't know. It, 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 I mean, it depends on what you want to eat it for. It could be lunch. My wife went to Home Depot a couple of weeks ago and there was a pierogi truck out front. I know that was my reaction as (laughs) well. I'm like a pierogi truck. I mean, okay. I've seen ice cream trucks as a kid. I know there are food trucks. Food trucks are a huge thing in Seattle. Yeah. They're getting that way here too, but I've, there's a a pierogi truck. truck. There's a food truck that shows up at every ball game that literally they do nothing more than a grilled cheese sandwich. Now that sounds excellent. <laughs> How many varieties are they just a, are they a simple one? Or are they like, Hey, they, we can put a little bit of goat cheese. No, no, on. this, no, this particular one is artisan grilled cheese sandwiches where you can, you can put uh, ham or tuna on it or uh, like a, a, a custom vinegar avocado artichoke spread or, you know, and they, they have lots of vegan options and, uh, all kinds of different cheeses and uh, you know four different varieties of dill that you can sprinkle over, and they have uh, butter, garlic butter, butter garlic, uh, garlic garlic. I'm not sure. They, you know, it's I don't know because I've never purchased because each a grilled cheese sandwich goes for like fourteen dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, I can see that. Although uh, Servo suggesting kale on a grilled cheese, get out. Just go. You you cannot. <laughs> That is not going to be acceptable here or anywhere else. We have to draw the line somewhere and kale on a grilled cheese is not going to be it. Although I see there's an even worse travesty and lie in the troll room. We do these shows live. That's where you want to be. Trollroom.io. NetNet says, and I quote, Detroit is perfectly safe. End quote. Uh, Perfect. I'm not sure about. I don't safe. I know. Safe. I'm quite, I'm quite sure it's not safe. (laughs) Perfectly safe for who? Then again, you know, having only recently walked through Pioneer Square in Seattle to get on, your coffee at, at midday on a Saturday when there were lots of people in town and it was uh, like I, one block over. There were people in business suits walking back and forth and, uh, you know, it, it, and I just stepped into the wrong block and suddenly they, I'm the only person here wearing clean clothes. And I'm like, oh, this might not be the right place to be. And I just kind of hurried through. Now, on the plus side, being, you know, six foot something and uh, a pretty stocky guy, people don't bother me as much as they might someone else. True. I like, mean, I just imagine you with the disdain in your heart driving to wherever you had to go for this and then just being rain man, like getting out of the car, like, got to get my coffee, got to get my coffee, got to get my coffee. I know. You know you know, it's, it's downtown Seattle has hundreds of coffee stands and not all of them are Starbucks, but all of them are too expensive. So 
Well, you I, have your own personal roaster, so a lot of people yeah. might look at that as a uh, the, the one point issue. where I splurge on coffee is I get really good quality beans, and then I make it myself, which is why the the cup of coffee in front of me probably had a total cost of uh, ninety cents. I'm just surprised you don't make your mom go down to the place in uh, Kona and just keep sending you beans like on a weekly basis. That's happened. See, that's the good stuff from what I hear. I mean, so I I've had it that, a few times. The last type of thing that, and, and I don't un- quite understand why this is farmer's market material, but it's very popular is people selling doodads, kitsch, uh, clutter. Um, there's like artistic things or just yeah, like, mostly, I had this uh, left like in my. There's one dude who does woodwork, so he'll have a, a, a giant Adirondack style chair right next to a cutting board, and he's selling them. Um, well, they're both wood. They're yeah. So he the woodworks. Um, the the next one over would be a, a glass blower who sells uh, wind chimes and other thing. Now I think the wind chimes are probably only there to get you to walk in and be like, hey, where's the real glassware? But seeing how that's not my thing, I don't really. I, I don't really investigate the real glassware. I'm not even sure I'd know how to use most of it. I bet Your there are, plenty of, podca- is there in are the plenty of podcasters room. in the network who could tell me how to use glassware for real. Your better half is in the troll room and she says sticky buns are a dessert. So I guess you've oh. been told. Yeah. Well, except when they get eaten for lunch. Well, they could still be a dessert. <laughs> you could have dessert for lunch. You could have dessert for breakfast. Yeah. Well, she walked Dave by Benos. when I was telling about the sticky buns and gave me the most disturbing look. And I just kind of wait, that's so. what gets the most disturbing look. Not all of the other crazy shit you do that. No, that all does too. Okay. All the same look. <laughs> Ratchet them up in the intensity. One of the shops that I had to go by, and this is actually one of the only bits of random clutter that I purchased because I got it for, for my brother. Uh, there was a dude there who was selling clocks. But what he'd do is he would go out to a hardware store and purchase a, a 10 or 12 inch circular saw blade, like a table saw blade. Okay. Um, I, I complete with like, anyway, then he'd get, a, a, he'd paint the thing in whatever style. And this was the artistic part. The style that I got was I think Seattle Mariners. And then he'd put a clock mechanism in it through the center screw hole and the whole thing is now, and, and then he'd mount a, a piece of some kind of hanging material on the back. And the whole thing becomes a saw blade that's painted that has a clock on it. And he's selling these for 35 bucks. And by the way, when I say it, like a new saw blade from the hardware store, what I mean is it comes with the little plastic ring around the edge that's at the hardware store that you don't want to cut yourself on. Um, you take that off and you can actually hurt yourself badly. On well, the yeah, you can use blade. it as a saw because it's a saw blade. Well, you'd have to take the clock out of it, but yes. See, it could still be functional. You can cut things with the Seattle so, Mariners. I don't quite understand why farmers markets are a great place for stuff like that, but uh, okay. You Anywhere know. there's an audience. That might be it. Anywhere there are fools with cash in their pocket, which farmers market would seem to be a number one. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I, I the, would just think you would, we would want to find people that use those kind of blades in their day-to-day work who would normally throw them out when they're no longer sharp enough or whatever happens to the blades. I I feel like if I'm going to be hanging something in a high point in my house where it could potentially fall off and land on my kids, I'd prefer a duller blade. Right. That would be even better. You want the blade that's been used. 
So when one of them does fall down on your cat, you're you're not necessarily having a dead cat. But I mean, if they pull the blade down, they kind of deserve it. I. And honestly, I mean, I can always get more cats. So we're true. They're easy to find. Do they have those at the farmer's market? Is there a cat guy? Hey, but need a cat. I don't remember a cat guy. There was uh, the farmer's market was how we found our, our beef guy though. So we, (laughs) we technically did buy, uh, we bought a pet from him and then we slaughtered that pet and have been eating him for the last year. Well, I hope you've been freezing him. Well, the actually we never even met the cow and we didn't, do any of the chopping up. What we did was paid a whole bunch of money to some people and went and picked up several ice chests worth of dead cow from the butcher. So you have a mutilation guy. Yeah, we have a mutilation guy. Butcher. A- For those of you who are like, oh no, they're talking about cutting up the carcass of an animal. Did you ever yeah, eat steak? That, yeah. It, it, I thought that's magic. N- newsflash. Humans eat meat. <laughs> yeah. Healthy humans eat meat. Yes. Non-healthy humans are vegans. But at least you got your coffee because that whenever, was worrisome. whenever you see a vegan who weighs like 43 pounds saying you should eat like me because you'll be healthier. And I'm like, that, uh-huh. no, <laughs> no, that's not really you, the you case. Have, you have no muscles. I mean, most I mean, granted, there are a few animals out there that are on a plant based diet. Yes, but most are predators. And, and they're and tasty. Eat. Yeah, they are very tasty animals. Plants are what food eats. Uh huh. This is it. And that's why you eat the animals. I mean, because really, I mean, who can bite into a perfectly done steak or a big juicy burger and be like, oh, this is disgusting. You're lying or bacon. Anybody that tells me they bite into bacon and they're like, ah, it's disgusting. It's animal. There, there is no human being on this planet who can honestly say that they don't like bacon. I know. There has to be somebody, but if they there, say that, there they're are lying. certainly people who will lie to themselves because they don't want to like bacon. Right. But everybody does. Bacon is the greatest meat in the world. And I'm just re- reminded of a, there was a spot on the Simpsons where uh, somebody uh, Homer was uh, t- uh, talking about, uh, you know, we should, I don't remember where they were talking about livestock, but he said, uh, I want the animal that, that uh, makes ham or the animal that makes bacon or the animal that makes or animal that makes pork chops. And Lisa says, dad, those are all the same animals. He says, yeah. What is this magical animal you speak of? (laughs) The little piggy, the little piggy went to market and he left in multiple packages. So, so uh, I alluded to uh, the self-driving trucks for a bit. I had a really quickie that we can go into right before the, uh, donation segment where Waymo, who were the leading people, one of the leading companies, Waymo, who of course is owned by Google, uh, Alphabet technically, but Google, um, they were the leading company in creating the technology for long haul self driving trucks. They had uh, partnered with Daimler Trucking Company to create an AI that would be able to go on the freeway with other freeway drivers. For the purpose of creating long haul trucking to move goods without having to hire those dirty, unclean, expensive truckers. Yeah, we're talking about you, sir, truck driver. Yes, uh, and and you, Phoenix, and yeah, we got we got plenty of truck drivers who listen to this. And uh, let's just say 
is not working out. Uh, according to a blog post from Waymo from late last month, uh, they are, quote, uh, pushing back their timeline for their partnership with Daimler Trucks uh, because they are they have made the decision to focus our efforts and investments on ride hailing. So reading between the lines and also paying attention to the fact that Waymo's truck team has basically been gutted. Most of the employees that were in their truck team now work elsewhere in the company. And you realize that uh, Waymo's attempts at automating truck drivers uh, into an AI have gone the way of so many Google projects. Um, <laughs> they have, they're kind of, shelving the project they they're not going to make long-haul trucks anymore why well they don't say but uh one can assume <laughs> it's because the uh ride hailing investments that they're making are more profitable far easier uh the reliability and safety requirements that you have to have in order to drive commuters around town is a whole lot lower than for trucking sad but uh, true uh if if you're in a small localized city or anywhere in city, uh, then when something goes wrong because somebody puts a traffic cone on the top of your car, um, you can dispatch a support person, which might be difficult if they're a thousand miles away. Right. Well, again, uh, it's the details, just like all this electric grid stuff, the details that they don't think of, which it was in San Francisco. They just cut the contract by like half on one of these automatic driving car companies because cars were getting in the way of emergency vehicles. And yeah. like you just said, cars, that was way cruise. less of a problem than semi trucks. Yeah. We if yeah. If a truck blocks an intersection, it's a whole lot tougher to move. Yeah. You can't just order a flatbed from the local wrecking company. You got to get the big one. Uh-huh. You got way more problems. And if something goes wrong and there's an accident, you can hurt or kill way more, a lot people. more liability. Uh -huh. Um, you know, uh, the the other advantages that were pointed out is uh, if if you're trying to ship goods, the way that that's generally done is you create a contract and the contract spells out that thou shalt get the goods here on time. And if you don't, then there are financial penalties. And, uh, you know, if your AI craps out 500 miles from the destination, then the company could be on the hook for some things. Whereas if all you're doing is is ride sharing, then you're like, oh, look, our entire AI fleet just turned on humans. Uh, let's go ahead and block people at the centralized app so nobody can share or grab a ride until we get the, this AI uprising under control. Well, and somebody's responsible for that load. If there is, you know, if your truck runs over something and there's multi uh, multiple flat tires, you know what to do to get that fixed. Yeah. Uh, rather than having your cargo just sitting there to be robbed, you know, at least there's somebody there. There's somebody responsible for it. There's a lot of issues. I want to see an AI get out of the truck and crawl underneath a trailer to uh, patch a, a slipped brake line or something. No, that'll be the funny thing is they'll have some very low paid person in the self-driving truck in order to call for help or do some basic maintenance on it. Oh, oh, yes, yes. You'll you'll have to put someone in the truck, but it won't be a driver because drivers cost too much. Right. That's the difference. Fact, They're making way too much in money. Fact, Waymo, Waymo is from San Francisco, which means they actually have an unlimited supply of homeless people who would love be like, here, <laughs> you can you have the cab. The homeless. You can have the cab in the back of the truck, set pitch your tent back there, and you you can live there and you'll be in a different city every time you wake up, but that's fine because you can go scrounge while the truck is parked loading. 
And all we really need you to do is if the truck gets caught in a Minnesota blizzard, then we need you to go back and lay underneath the truck so that we have some traction and then we can move on. Does it scare you that this is something the San Francisco or California government might come up with? Uh, Well, here's how we're going to fix the homeless problem and the self-driving truck problem. Yeah. All of the same time. We're going to combine them. Oh my goodness. And, and of course we can force them all to be electric trucks too, because uh, you know, fuel is bad. Yeah. Breaking news. According to Gene Neftuliev and he would know right off of RT. Do you remember the little Wagner group uprising in Russia? I, I remember uh, things about it and I remember hearing about it on no agenda, but like with almost everything with this ridiculous, totally political proxy war, um, I'm, I'm sending way more of my stolen tax money there than I'm remotely comfortable with. I don't need it to have. Well, this isn't Ukraine. Well. This is Russia, but uh, Evgeny Prigozhin, you know, the see guy that really piss off Gene, Ukraine, Russia, they're all the same. Uh-huh. That uh, the guy that you get, Evgeny Prigozhin, that was the head and everybody right after this failed, they're like, well, he won't be alive long. It looks like according did, to RT, kill him? yeah, it's plane crash, private uh-huh. plane crash. Yeah. Wait, no. wait, was, was there a hot tub in the plane? There might've been. <laughs> There did did he drown drown in a hot tub in a crashing plane with two two self inflicted gunshot wounds to the back of the head? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? So. Gene does not have confirmation as of yet, but that is RT reporting. The head of the Wagner Group private plane crash. Okay, you heard it here. Who says we're <laughs> hey, not breaking Denver breaking did. news? Yeah. Who says we don't bring you breaking news here on Grumpy Old Ben's? That news and that news was about as broken as it comes. Yeah, it is. But we are a value for value podcast, which means we put these shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to enjoy them. You get to just even even if you want it to be behind a paywall, even if you're like, keep it away from me. We're like, no, it's out there. It's for you. We are like the bacon wrapped, big, juicy steak of podcasting where you get to enjoy every last little drip of flavor. And then you decide how much you enjoyed it. You put a number on that. You go over to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. You can use the PayPal button for a one-time or monthly donation. It just says donate. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses. If you want to go the crypto route, you can go the snail mail route. If you want to go over to Patreon, if you're there, patreon.com slash grumpyoldbenz. And if you are into the podcasting 2.0 thing, like CSB is, you can just go over to a podcasting 2.0 app, search for Grumpy Old Benz, and then you can send us a boost or a boostagram. And whichever way you do it, it's all very much appreciated. Whatever number you put on it, it's all appreciated. Make it mean something to you. Is it what dollars worth? Is it uh, is it a latte worth, which is what, five bucks? Is it a pizza? Some of the pizzas here now, like five, the family five size, 50 five bucks. bucks. is just an Americano at this point. Really? A small wow. one. That's not good. Coffee is very expensive. Everything's There's very expensive. There's a reason expensive. I make my own. Yeah. And it's better. It's better for you. You get your exact amount of caffeine that you need. Yeah, If only that worked. When are you going to start selling the Grumpy Old Ben's cold brew? Uh, when, when I stop drinking all of it and can finally make more than I consume. <laughs> you're, you're one of those business owners. You're like, okay, I made 10 gallons of this stuff. Good. And then, oh, wait, I drank 10 gallons of this stuff. Huh? Yeah. I'll make 10 gallons more. Oh, wait, I drank that too. Yeah, I seem to be having trouble keeping any, any, any stock. Stuff yeah. In stock. Yeah. 
<laughs> got to work. You got to double production time. You got to double. You need I a would double place. my caffeine intake. I don't think I could survive that. Uh, that's true. But uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we only had one donation. And Guru Finley said, I'll take care of that, guys. Oh, and he came in with $100. Oh, that guy. That Guru Finley. I need, I should find the music. Or is that is that politically insensitive? It, it must have been something I said. Or, or not said. Yeah, it might have. Yeah, it might have been that part where I wasn't talking. That was like, he's like, finally, I can donate. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is shut up. This is the way to do it. I remember we had that, uh, that, where did that go? Cause it was beautiful. Was it Fletcher? Somebody came up with that music for us and it's just been so damn long since we had to use it. Are you, are you stalling because you are, are looking for something? I, you want me to, yeah, I was just you want me to for, speak at the people and sure. Go ahead. I, I could tell them the story about this one time when I was on a podcast and we got to the donation segment and then my co-host couldn't find the jingle that he was looking for. And, uh, we had no choice, but to just say things that come from the top of my head, even though the top of my head is covered in hair, but the hair is not currently on fire. So maybe I need more hot sauce in my coffee. You maybe. never know. I, I know we had it, but I, I don't know. I don't it's know. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> It must be. There was a thing and it was like we had a little thing and it was like, you know, we got Carl saying something. I got uh, I got a lot of stuff, but I don't see off to find that because it's only right when we get a donation from our one and only guru that you got guru music to back it up. But we are just you not a what? professional you'll, podcast. You'll add some in post. Just right. Let's well, stop. Stop for just a moment. And th- right here. OK, right there. That is where we're going to add the music in post. So the music that you just heard on the podcast is our guru music. And we did this seamlessly. In fact, you can't even tell that, that we messed we up. We are highly trained professionals. Yes. But thank you, Jay Finley, the man of many names, Mythos, Guru. We very much appreciate it. And uh, then Anastasia Treckles coming in with her $10.10 monthly. She said, and that was, you know, a few months ago. We're like, we don't, we don't have enough monthlies. We still don't, but thank you, Anastasia. And we need more people that'll step up and be monthlies. More monthlies is always good. I mean, it is, you know, we'll let you know when we have enough. Yes, we will. Uh, just we just will, keep pouring it in. We will put out a press release, but that is it for the uh, PayPal portion of this. Then we have the boostograms, which are, man, they are such a mess now. Boostograms yeah. are such a mess. I need to separate everything out. I know I keep saying that, but it seems like work. But we can go from uh, the last show going forward. Harry Pilgrim, who sent in a donation uh, for the last week's show, he's still streaming while listening. That's appreciated. That's one thing that's great about the podcasting 2.0 is the monies. They just keep on flowing in. And I got to scroll through a lot of these because that's what you don't realize. When they're coming in every minute, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, right. Servo came in with 6666, who you, just said have, butts. But yeah, I, I saw that. Do you have boosts coming in every minute? Is that what's going on? Well, yeah. The, uh, when, like, the streaming, the Satoshis, like every minute, like 50 oh, seconds. No, the, from, the, well, the streaming, yes, but you can filter on, well, maybe, I don't know what tools you're using. I filtered nah, see, on. I'm trying to find a good tool. Right now, it's between Con Shack and there's a few other. I'm trying to write a, a good other. tool. And, Right now it's between, you know, being lazy and not ha- making enough time. For, oh, 
if you actually get one of those tools written, I might actually get a little box built so I can do my uh, lightning locally. Until then, it's still well, the I, Get Albie thing. And I loved Ariner's response to all that over on uh, No Agenda Social. It's like such a superiority air of the man. And he does great work putting up No Agenda Social and providing that. But it's like, anybody that uses Get Albie, they're not like real, man. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, but everybody that I know who isn't using Alby, who's using their own fucking Mrs. Sats, like every show. Yeah, it, I, I mean, there is a reliability thing. And if I were relying on this as my primary income, I'd probably have an Alby just because as a backup. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. Well, OK, the thing about that particular thread uh, and it, 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 this was what last last week, right after the show, when uh, somebody was like. Somebody said, hey, you know, Bembrose really needs to uh, have an account that you can send boosts from Noster. And I don't remember exactly how it happened. And I'm right. Like, well, you, you said, well, how do you do that? And somebody else says, well, Sir Spencer knows and tags him on there. Right. Then and, he said, just put your get LB yeah, in your and, profile. Yeah. So Spencer comes back with, well, put your, yeah, put your get your Albi account in your profile. And I said, well, what if I don't have an Albi account? And uh, Spencer, I guess, you know, he has a life. So he went off and did something else during <laughs> right. the time. But I got a response basically saying, well, you should have an LB. And I said, wait, so what you're saying then, the only explanation I'm being given is in order to connect my decentralized Mastodon account, my decentralized Lightning account, and my decentralized or to the decentralized Nostra account, so everything works together, is to sign up for a centralized Albi account, and that's it. Right. And and that was the thing that like suddenly a bunch of people started jumping on and pouring on the thread. And I'm like, okay, I guess I started something here. <laughs> and Aaron was one of the people who was like, yeah, screw LB. I'm like, okay, well I, and I'm sitting here, of course it's friction. I'm not super inclined to sign up for another account. If there's a decentralized way to do it, I, I have nothing but respect for what the LB guys have done. And I have absolutely no reason to think that they are trying to be controlling. But if you say the only way to do this is an LB account, that's a centralized service and there's something wrong with the model. That, right. that was what I was getting at. Right. It was not as I, I think so it was Sir Spencer explodes. pointed out. Yeah. The thread explodes. Could... And about two hours later, Spencer comes back and just rips into me. Like he didn't, he didn't try to explain anything. All he does is posts a comics that like, Oh, her, 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 stupid podcaster doesn't know how about decentralizing. Like you could have just told me that I didn't need Albie. I got right. Right. Cause he's like, you could use any lightning address. Yeah. For he's like, this. well, duh, you moron. You could use any lightning address. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, that was literally what I was asking. Right. It's like people <laughs> want to assume this is why adoption on this kind of stuff takes a lot longer because most people don't understand it. Yeah. Don't want to keep signing up for new things over, you know, the whole Noster thing. I'm sure it's great, but it's like, isn't this just another fucking social media? I don't need it. I, I've, Got enough. Give me, give me a use case for creating a, a Noster node account, uh, a reflex point, whatever the hell they're called. Give me a use case that is compelling for signing up for and setting up yet another thing. I have enough things. I have enough yeah. logins. I have enough passwords. I, 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 it really needs to be compelling for somebody to say, go sign up for yet another service. I get people say, oh, oh, the service is free. 
Oh, you don't even have to pay for it. Well, maybe I don't have to pay money for it, but I have to pay attention for it. I have to dedicate a couple kilobytes of space in my password database, and I have to dedicate more space in my head for remembering what did I sign up for and when and how and and what private information have they got. It it is mental friction. Well, and I don't appreciate, I mean, so far, Albie seems to do exactly what they promised to do. They've been on the podcasting 2.0 show with Adam and Dave. They seem like they are completely legitimate. So I don't necessarily understand except for your full Ben credentials, which some people want others don't because again, work and knowing what you're doing and a higher possibility of you screwing something up. I mean, I'm with you hundred percent that it's always, you know, it's always fun. It's always nice to be able to do this stuff yourself. But if there is a service that offers to do it for you, that is more or less apt to go down, then I'm okay with that. Get the way Get Albi works, as far as I understand, because I've never tied this to my own Lightning node. But there are settings in the Get Albi account that appear that they would just act as a backup, which means if somebody tried to send you a hundred dollars in Lightning and your node was down they would hold it for you. They would take which, it rather than, oh, it failed. You don't get anything. Which did happen last week when a misbehaving Java app decided to go crazy on my system. Uh-huh. So it's a nice little way to go back up. I, I get it. The more things you can do yourself, but these are the same assholes that were like, oh, run your own email service. It's like, fuck you. No. Yeah, I still do that, which means I don't get all the email. And I consider that to be kind of a feature, but... <laughs> Yeah, there are, there's there's a lot of things people don't want to waste their time on. And it's just, again, it's that kind of an attitude. It's like, you're doing it wrong or you're a moron. It's like, well, it works. So there's that. But I, I, I want to further the idea of, of getting these decentralized services working, but there's only so much I want to do. And I've got to be given a real reason for it. Uh, let's be honest. I am still interested in trying to connect with this and uh, a follow-up from Spencer did give the specific details on how to create the, the email ish lightning address. And it involves, it involves setting up a, a JSON file, a static JSON file at a domain that you own somewhere. Okay. That's easy. Well, it doesn't have to be one you own. It could be, one you've taken control of yeah it 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 needs to be at a service so i could say you know sir bemrose at angrytechnews.com as a a lightning address and if angrytechnews.com had a well-known url with a static json that pointed to the actual details of my lightning node this would all work which means it's actually not even that hard to do and i could do it if i was able to dig it up. And and that's probably what I will end up doing, which means that while I'm not against the idea of working with Albi, um, if I can do it some other way in a very decentralized method, that's still what I'm doing. Now, as Spencer knows, because I have leaned on him a lot for node help, um, I'm doing this whole lightning thing in hard mode. Uh, I'm not using helipad. I'm not using the front ends. I'm not using Albi. I'm not, I'm, I'm running everything close to the metal with the, the lightning daemon on my own system. 
And it's hard sometimes to like, oh, all of these things that are like, oh, just set this thing up. Albi does it for you. Well, I don't have Albi. How do I do it with LND? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah. I've never done that. Like, okay, I guess I'll go to the documents again. Sir Omaha wants to know if he can mail us Satoshis yet. That's a very simple system. You take your Satoshis, you convert it to U.S. currency, you put it in an envelope, you send it to me, but via the P.O. box, and then I reconvert that back into the Satoshis. It's perfectly safe and effective. Yes. And it it has uh, you know 100% efficiency, just like charging your electric vehicle so that you can send that power back to the grid. It's safe and effective. Yes. Coming in with 8,015 Satoshis, the one, the only comic strip blogger. And he says uh, he sent in a promo today and, and to Curry and the Keeper, which he mentioned uh, this show. And he said, I'm sorry for using unemployed adjective in it, but it's true for both of you. You forgive me, question mark. No, we're both no, completely no. unemployed. <laughs> What's and, to uh, forgive? No, nothing. This is why people should boost more. They should take yeah. this show more seriously because we are podcasters. That's our employment. Yeah. We're, we are. Well, yeah, we are full-time podcasters on a podcast income, which means that we are about two steps each from being homeless. Right. Oh, that's an even better idea. Servo cold wallet, 24 words. Okay. So do that. Set up a wallet, put in a thousand dollars in sats, and then send me the 24 words. That's see, that is even easier. <laughs> that would work. Yeah. That's see, that's another way to money launder. Why didn't we think of that one? Just it's a 24 word campaign. And we here's probably the fun part. shouldn't be mentioning this just in case one of those 86,999 IRS agents are listening. I know. But here's the funny thing. They'll send the 24 words, but I'm not going to tell you what order they're in. <laughs> yeah. Then you're like, this is the game you get. Because with the wallets, you only get like, what, three chances before the whole thing just self-destructs or something and, usually. And they, you've got, what, 24 factorial combinations. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a great game to play with somebody. Like, here you go. Here's some crypto, but. That's, mm. Oh, that, that's the kind of thing that, uh, yeah, that's evil. Uh-huh. I recently watched uh, the, the, a movie. I guess everybody knows about this movie, but me called Saw. I've never, I've never been a big horror movie fan. I mean, I'm familiar with what Saw is, but I have not seen it. Well, it, it, apparently, it's uh, it, a serial killer decides to create really super complex Rube Goldberg devices to kill people, and the movie is extremely grotesque and graphic, um, which. You know, there were some times when I'm like, I, I, my squick kind of came up and I'm like, I'm not sure I want to watch this, but it was kind of fascinating seeing the absolute uh, over-engineering of some of these ways of murdering people, which was, I guess, the whole point of the movie. Uh, I mean, the, the best thing about it, by the way, was at one point when I moved my mouse over and it was, it was early in the movie when they're still exposition and setting up and showing people like they haven't got into the meat of the movie or the mystery. And you don't know who the killer is, of course, because that's not revealed till the very end of the movie. But as I'm <clears throat> moving my mouse over the Amazon window to get to my taskbar or something, uh, the Amazon, what's it called? X-ray or the, the thing pops up and the, right on the screen is a picture of the killer using a mask and like totally, you know, a, a voice changer. So you don't know who it is. And as I move my mouse across down the left side, it has a list of the actor 
who plays the bad guy, which is not supposed to be revealed until the end, which person it is. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, this person is Jigsaw. And I'm like, well, fuck, that was just totally that like who who the bad guy is was just totally spoiled for me because I moved my mouse across the Amazon UI. You're Thanks, not supposed Amazon. to do that. that. Yeah, you're not supposed to move that. <laughs> do not. How how dare I not just, you know, watch the the blood curdling vomit inducing crap start to finish without. Ch- oh, yeah. Anyway, I re- mean, I have seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. I think I don't know if there have been remakes of that, but I remember my dad renting that for a holiday like way back in the in the day when VCRs were new. It's like, yeah, just never been. I mean, I understand the draw of them, but I was just never really pulled into the to the horror genre. Yeah, I I, I understand. Actually, my favorite genre is disaster porn for for movies to just put on and ignore. Interesting. Uh, like a, when, when I say a, when I say disaster porn, I don't mean sexual. I mean. Well, I mean, unless you're involved, then. Well, it, the, no, it's the genre that involves. Uh, natural disasters or uh, it, yeah, effectively when I say, when I say disaster porn, I mean, it has scenes of cities crumbling and things like that, which you can read into it. What you want that I fetishize the downfall of society. But when I want to just put on a movie while I'm doing something else, that's one of my favorite ones because the dialogue and plot, the acting is always terrible. The plot is always transparent and stupid. Uh, but the special effects are every once in a while you glance over and see the space needle collapsing into the Seattle skyline. And I'm like, yeah, go death. You're like, but Ryan, the Sharknado is coming. That is in fact, one of the ones that that's one of the more campy ones in the genre. And it, it, yeah, it's a thing. CSB LOL. Brand new cartoon. Unlike Gene, I speak loudly and there's a guy with the cat. So that's you. And then it's me who has the um, three strands of hair. Now, I guess, <laughs> I guess, and and, the, and, goatee. and the, the floating eyebrow that's not even connected to your, your Ooh, eyeball, yeah, which good is catch. actually falling out of your, you, you need to get that eye checked. I do. That stop is, dissing that my is other a screwed co-host. up eyeball. I would never say stop dissing my other co-host. I enjoy dissing yeah. Gene at all costs. That's, You'd be like, you got any really good lines I can use with them? Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's why people go to CSB.LOL. You'll actually find cartoons about this show. Wow. And, uh, and and if you if you think that's a compelling reason to go there, then <laughs> we're not selling it too well, are we? No, I well, I I mean, I'm just having a little trouble swallowing the idea that people would want cartoons about this show. Yeah, would you have a problem figuring people but, actually want this show? But, so. but hey, whatever burns down your skyline. Sixty nine, sixty nine, dude from Boobery, the mouth man of the Miniocalypse, who said, "Would boo sats to see the Bem dog in a speedo." at the piggly wiggly so i mean there's there, there aren't there's, enough sets there's your chance yeah you, you would have to set up the amount of sets that would be the, needed the, the problem booberry is that i wouldn't want to see that right yeah but you don't have to look you don't uh, have to see yourself it would be tough like what I mean, if i accidentally walked by a mirror i could be scarred for life yeah you don't want that and i mean i would just wonder if people would applaud if they would just gasp in horror uh, exactly how that would go in the Seattle area. They'd probably point and shriek and run off because I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> right. That could be the biggest problem. Now, 
maybe if what can you wear a see but at least the mask if you wear a mask with the speedo or just want to wear the speedo as a mask yeah yeah what you do is you take the speedo off and wear it <laughs> it's it's more acceptable to wear the speedo over your face than okay i let's just forget, say i don't want to talk about seattle right now let's just say okay if you would do that for a three thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars that would be 12 and a half million sats. So we'll be waiting for that boobery. Can your, can your node handle 12 and a half million Satoshis? Uh, if you open up a channel, then it might. Cool. We'll be waiting for that. We'll Otherwise, be waiting. You, yes. You can catch boobery on that show that he does with Lavash, who is still in California, right? I mean, sicko. Unfortunately, that is. I mean, the, speaking of people who hate themselves, I know. That show's called Behind the Squeams. You can spell it funny. You'll find it. You'll like it. It's threes instead of E's. And I believe that will conclude our boostograms uh, and oh. well wishes for today's show. Or did I miss something? Uh, uh, there, well, there is a boost from NetNed. Uh, uh, see, I need to refresh again. That's uh, the 10, problem with contracts. 10,000 sats with a message that might be a lie. I'm not certain what might be a lie. Oh, that was Detroit is perfectly safe, most likely. Oh, gotcha. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you, NetNed. I mean, we'll we'll send you back some uh, brass, freshly re uh, recap brass, and that way you can uh, you can cap. Ned, some Ned also brings up a very important point about the uh, the CSB artwork, and says, "Does Sir Bemrose wear a shirt button to the top like that?" And uh, no, CSB, you you need to update this because anybody who wears them regularly knows that you never button the top buttons of an Aloha shirt. And that's definitely not an Aloha shirt. There's not, no. you need some. Okay. So here's what you need. CSB it needs we a need, loud floral pattern or something, right? We need like palm trees or a floral pattern on the shirt, or we have to change that to a robe. A that robe would, would work not during the summer very well. Well, yeah, that's true. But a lot of people think when the robes off, you're, you know, hairy enough that it still looks like a robe. So just saying, I, I can neither confirm nor deny. And I, I don't look like, well, I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt because there's a line down there. The last time I wore a long sleeve shirt was maybe December. And that's usually even then always I short sleeve. I'm too freaked out by that eyeball. <laughs> no, it's floating. It's just <laughs> floating out there. That, you need to go back to your optometrist about that one. And that is the eye that has the problem. So, I mean, I better better get that checked out. CSB yeah. might be... Uh, might be onto something here. He he might actually have a line to your your automated health data that's being sent from your watch. And he's very accurate with the boom arm, although he has you with the desk stand and stand and that's wrong too. So. I haven't used a desk stand since the early days of Grumpy Old Bins. Yeah. So I mean there's a couple of updates, but otherwise some very good Yeah. Very good uh artwork I mean the here. cat is spot on. Yeah. The cat's very happy because he knows he's going to kill you at some point. Yeah. You can see the murder in the eyes of that cat. Yes. By the yes. way, this comic has to be in the show notes. We've talked about it too much now. No, we'll just send people to csb.lol. We will well, flood those servers. But thanks, and everybody. So when people when people listen to this next January, it'll still be the front page of csb.lol. Probably. Right? It'll be yeah. the best cartoon he's ever had. Okay. We can put it in the show notes. But if you want to help support this show, like Guru Finley, like Anastasia Treckles, like CSB. And uh, Booberry and all the other net Ned and everybody that's sending the boostergrams. Just go to grumpyoldbens.com slash donate. 
and get yourself a podcasting 2.0 app already if you haven't. You can just go to podcastapps.com now. You don't even know, you don't even need new or nude, just podcastapps.com now. But it's more fun to do your podcast apps in the nude. That's true. And I did buy when Adam was talking about the URL during the last show, wastewaterscam.com. I do own that. So that's going to no agenda right now. But if anybody has a better idea of what to do with wastewaterscam.com, I'm listening. An energy drink company. Maybe. We need a exit strategy, and that could very well be it. You can I mean, who doesn't caffeine. want an energy drink called wastewater scam? Wastewater. How about just... If, just maybe just call it wastewater. I mean, the scam would just be an extra part of the marketing. Right. Right. Like it's the wastewater scam. It's like, well, what's in it? Wastewater. <laughs> Don't you just, wasn't that clear enough? So, so the last thing I had in my notes uh, was a new feature release from zoom. Uh, you remember zoom. They pretty much became the de facto way that people did everything when we all got locked in our houses. Right. For those that they were very surprised because there was no security whatsoever at that point either. Uh, yeah, yeah. That it was not an outstanding product. Now they've updated and changed a lot of things, but this is a brand new feature. Um, that's called zoom clips and it's voicemail meets YouTube. Um, they have invented and see if you'd follow on this, uh, a video message that you record and they can play later. Video voicemail. This How is what we're talking about. Video voicemail. Yes. That's what this is. That's what this is. Um, they, you throw it on the asynchronous communication pile. You know, the only reason I brought this other than uh, the TechCrunch article that I got this out of the, like the guy was, I, I think gratifying himself over the idea that zoom was creating a new feature. And I thought this was a nothing feature, but um I mean, it, it, it does allow you, it makes, it lets you make clips and it allows you to add descriptions and tags to the clip. And from the centralized app, you can control who can view the clip with permissions. Now, I mean, I guess the interesting thing is we know that we have things like FaceTime. We have things like Skype. Do any of these offer the ability to leave somebody a video message like that? I, I don't know. YouTube allows it. Well, you can make a video on YouTube for everyone, but this is going to get into the next level of things. Like when people get a voicemail from somebody who, you know, just got ran over by a train on the way home, but they didn't get the message. This is going to be a whole new thing of, of that. Cause re- who really needs to go on video to leave somebody a message? No, nobody needs to. I, I, I mean, you know, one of the things that this does open up the possibility for is uh, a new type of AI generated deep fakes. Because now, not only do they have your the voice of your child that you didn't know you had, who right. is saying they you know got kidnapped or whatever, now they can give you a video of it. So, uh, you know, it's convenient for that. I don't know. I looked at this, and my first thought was, uh, you know, from the Department of Services that I never want because I don't even like getting emails, but give me text over video to convey information every moment of the day. Give me, give me a blog post and not a tutorial video. If I want to know how do I, uh, uh, how, how do I do a programming thing? You know, if, if I want to know in, in PowerShell, how do I load up the, the API for management or something like that? And I will go to Bing and do a search and the, 
you know, the first one is always Stack Overflow, and it's always to a post that says, I'm sorry, this was answered here, and points to a deleted post and was shut down. Okay, Stack Overflow got so it's hit or miss. But the next four are always links to a YouTube video that shows me how to do it. And I have to dig down sometimes to the second page before I find somebody just putting together a text blog post. Oh, now, yeah. Why is text better than video? Because Easier to search. Easier to be, find quicker because you can control F because you can skim because you can bounce past the introductory four paragraphs. So, you know, every WikiHow article has four paragraphs of, uh, you know, hi, here's my own personal history and here's the problem that you might be facing. And, and, you know, here's the ways that you can think about the problem. And I'm like, page down, page down. Okay. Here's the actual solution done. Great. No problem. Can't do that with a video. Can't do that with YouTube tutorials because you get now I have this in voicemail too. Now I am going to have my corporate communication. Somebody, I just want one statistic. I want to know how many users were there on this day and they could have sent me an email and I can skim down and find the number and ignore all of the other stuff, especially when people have started writing their emails with AI, which makes them verbose AF. I just want a piece of information. Give me high bandwidth or give me succinct communication. Yeah, but, but no. you're going to be able to read those emails with your AI. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what you need now. Now that these things are getting so verbose. Well, now I'm going to need an AI to watch this morons video because they're going right. to send a four minute video. I want one number and they're going to be like, oh, hi, I got your request. It's like going and subscribe. Great. And like and subscribe. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I hope I, I know it's going to happen, but I hope nobody's stupid enough to send a freaking Zoom clip saying like and subscribe, but it will happen somewhere. And what but, if they forget they don't have clothes on? <laughs> well, that might make the video more worth watching now, wouldn't it? That's a whole tubin thing going Depending on. Depending on what they look like, obviously. Yeah, that's a whole thing. I don't know. Thing. I just, there's so many things. I don't want to listen to a podcast for one piece of information. I don't want to have four minutes of my time that I can't even skim through to get like, I want to know how do I remove the cap on this garbage disposal? And here's a plumber with his whole channel who has to give me his like, and subscribe and give me his sponsorship and give, and it's seven minutes into a 23 minute video before I finally find it. And if I knew that it was seven minutes in, I could skip to that seven minutes, but I don't, and I don't have the ability to skim down because it's not text. And, Right. Screw videos for conveying information. They're yeah, I was terrible. trying to look for that the other day. I had a plumbing thing in our tub, which again, we bought the house from somebody else. We didn't build the stopper in the tub. I believe has a set screw, but the thing doesn't come up high enough to get to the set screw. Thus hilarity ensues. I think the oh, that's easy. Have Take to the be, tub out. Yeah. Or cut at least <laughs> cut that thing off somehow. Uh, <laughs> that's what the way it always goes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I brought up the garbage disposal because, uh, we had a, a bit of a plumbing thing this last Saturday. Uh, fortunately my friend Rachel came over who knows a whole lot more about plumbing than I do. But basically after 15 years of random crap ending up in it, the, uh, garbage disposal that came with the house finally plugged up to the point where that sink stopped draining. And I'm like, I haven't even turned this thing on intentionally in five years. I obviously don't need a garbage disposal. So 
So we just went through and, and removed it and rerouted all the pipes underneath. So now I don't have a garbage disposal. Now it just goes through clean PVC all the way out to the sewer, which is That's fine. That's the beauty. I, as far as I'm concerned, the Everett city water can go ahead and deal with all of my, you know, whole chicken bones or whatever I would put in the disposal. Screw it. They I'm paying enough for sewer. They can deal with it. Yeah. Well, that was the first thing the plumber, when we moved into this house was like, don't do a garbage disposal. Don't just don't <laughs> do it. Like I always had one. He's like, don't do it. Like, okay. So we didn't. Well, I, I mean, I got to the point along that like every time I was putting stuff in there and trying to grind it, the thing would back up. And part of that is I'm sure it was dirty as hell and full of caked on bacteria or whatever. I don't know what, but of course it backs up with this awful bacteria water into my sink. That's always fun to clean up. And, and somewhere along the line, I'm like, no. And I just put the little metal grate in the bottom of the sink to catch any chunky material. And at the end of doing dishes or cleaning out the sink, I pull that thing out and dump it in the trash can, which seemed like a much better solution because now I'm not clogging up my pipes. But no, this disposal just kept getting it like slower and slower to drain. Like, I don't need a disposal. You got to maintain that disposal, man. But there was one point when we're like, okay, how does this fitting work? Because it was attached to the bottom of the, with, with a weird flange. And my friend, Rachel, who fortunately for me, likes YouTube a lot more than I did, starts pulling up YouTube videos on the phone. And I'm hearing this, you know, tiny ass crappy over compressed phone speaker with, you know, Hey guys, it's time for, you know, so-and-so's plumbing channel. This time we're talking about the such and such garbage disposal. And I just want to make sure, you know, Hey, uh, like, and subscribe, make sure that you smash that like button and subscribe because that's how we get our, and I'm sitting here going like three minutes pass of this moron talking about his channel before a single piece of information comes through. And I'm like, how awful would it be if we just like a blog post with pictures, please? Yeah. Plumbing. Now, admittedly, we got the information we wanted. So the channel accomplished it. And I wasn't the one who had to sit there and stare at this stupid phone screen playing a YouTube video. So mission accomplished. Great. But oh my God, I like, I want to reach through the YouTube screen and start tearing their hair out. Well, because that is the top thing that comes up in the, Re, uh, the return from a Google is your results is videos. They want you to go to the videos. Oh, now DigiGuru is giving me crap because a chick knows more about plumbing. That's right. I I'll do electric. I will do networking and I do everything with computers. I don't do plumbing. Did I said socket, not sprocket. <laughs> Many Steve Martin fans. They're laughing hysterically right now. Uh, I must've missed that one. Yeah, but that's okay. I will laugh hysterically at you at any time for any reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. So I mean, everybody should come back again next week for another fun and exciting edition of the grumpy old Ben's podcast. Unless you had anything else. I, I got nothing. Uh, Let's get uh, out of here. Hey, I've heard that before. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where the weather's getting hotter. And I said socket, not sprocket. And from America's left coast, I'm Ryan Bermose, and it is now safe to turn off your computer.